What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Pestuch. I'm your host, and today's guest is Chuck Bennington. We talk about the absolute belief that we both have that being a coach who cares and does a great job is the floor and not the ceiling. Let me repeat myself. We both believe, and we discussed it on the show today, that being a great coach, being a great gym owner, and caring very deeply about doing your job well is the floor in your business and not the ceiling. It is not the thing to aspire to. It is the thing that you must have to enter the service community. On this show, we dive into what it actually takes to get a referral from a member of yours. How does it happen? Is it on purpose? Is there a process? Is it by accident? Do you hope that a family member refers somebody in five months? We talk about what it takes to actually care. You think you care, but do you care? We talk about identifying your ideal client avatar. Who do you serve? Does it make you go, ah, or does it make you go, ah, when you have to think about helping this person? All you want in your gym are people who make you go, ah, excitement, right? It's the relief that you got to help that person as opposed to the the fear, the disdain, and the, the mental, emotional negativity that comes with the things that you don't want to do and have to do. Nobody gets excited when it comes to things like, I got to go get gas for the car. So maybe you shouldn't pump gas for a living right? If the members in your gym are making you go, ah, oh, this person, then you are coaching the wrong people or you are coaching at the wrong gym or you shouldn't be coaching. We're going to dive into that on this episode with Chuck Bennington. I know you guys are going to love it. When the show is over, please head to wherever you listen to this podcast and leave us an honest review. Leave us an honest review. I also want to let you know, give you a little bit of a heads up on this episode in particular. There were four spots, I believe, where we had a little bit of drop in the internet. However, I felt like the interview with Chuck was good. I thought we said some important things and I want to make sure that we get it out there. So rather than wait and re-record it down the line, I'm giving you the heads up now that there are a few little drops in the internet. Stick with it. We get everything that was discussed during those drops covered when we get back from them. You're all pretty sure. So here we go. I'll get you right to it with Chuck Bennington on the Active Life Podcast. All right, Chuck Bennington, man. Welcome to the Active Life Podcast. Thank you, doctor. How are you? Good, sir. I'm good. You just call me doctor and sir in the same sentence. I know, man. You got a lot of prestige. You got clout. That's, <laughs> that's it. I, we were joking around yesterday. I was like, you can call me whatever you want as long as you say doctor first, even though I no longer have a license, <laughs> even though I no longer practice and see patients. I was like, yeah, whatever. Just make sure you call me doctor and we're good to go. Because <laughs> you got to pay for that shit forever, right? Like that is that is an education process and an education expense that like you, you earned it, man. Uh, you, I mean- you bet your ass. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I would do the same thing. If I ever so felt inclined to go and be a doctor, like even if I if I, if I wasn't licensed, wasn't practicing anymore, like you're going to attach that to my name forever. Without a doubt. And, and I joke around about that all the time. Like, look, am I a practicing doctor? No. Am I a medical doctor? No. I am a doctor, though. So you better, you better recognize. Recognize. 
Keep the uh, pimp hands strong. And, and the interesting thing about that, though, to be honest, is my father always, whenever he orders delivery or like when he orders takeout, and they're like, what's the name? Dr. Keith. And I'm like, dude, why don't you just tell him Keith? Why does it have to be Dr. Keith? Because I never order anything as Dr. Sean. But then when he right. shows up at places, they're like, oh, Dr. Keith, Dr. Keith, Dr. Keith. And I'm like, maybe I should be Dr. Sean when I order delivery, too. <laughs> it makes it special. I would. I would do it like making reservations. I mean, I, I would just throw it around all the time. I guess I'm going to start using it. Here we go. Chuck Bennington, you changed my life. I'm going to do that. <laughs> go for it, man. I, I, I hope to be updated on that in the future. Be like, this is actually working really well for me. It's phenomenal. Yeah, except until, until you're like, uh, have you seen that meme that goes around? That's like, you know, there's someone on an airplane and they're like, we're, oh, look, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. looking for a doctor. And you're like, well, I mean, not that kind of doctor. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My favorite one, though, of that, the version of that that I saw that was my favorite was they were like, it was a CrossFit coach. And the mom like nudged the son and she's like, did you bring your lacrosse ball? <laughs> <laughs> that could have been you, you know. <laughs> I lost you there for a little bit. What did you say? I said, because that's what's going to fix any movement issue that shows oh, up dude. is banded distraction and smashing. That's it. That's it. Even if you can't name it or describe what it does or know what nerve innervates it, just fucking smash that thing. Right. You right? should just like nail that <laughs> thing with like a lacrosse ball until it's totally fucking numb and limp. And that's then you're it. like, oh, look at all this range I have. It's so fancy. It doesn't hurt anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So Chuck, I would love for you to help the listeners kind of catch up on who you are, because I think it's really valuable for them to know the credibility of the person that I'm talking to about, yeah. you know, before we talk about what we're going to talk about, which is why being a great coach is not actually the ceiling. It's the floor. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, my bio summarized like real briefly, former military, that's where I kind of found CrossFit, but that was like a literal lifetime ago, uh, back in like 2005, 2006, there wasn't a lot of chain of command support for CrossFit because like, the evidence wasn't there in the community outside of like a handful of early adopters. So, um, transition kind of like in and out of it, hadn't really super committed to it until a few years later after I was out. And in 2008, um, I went from like just doing CrossFit occasionally to really calling myself a CrossFitter was following the main site. Um, but if any of you guys have been around since like 2008, turns out there was not 15,000 affiliates at that point. So it was a lot of garage gym and dudes hanging out on the internet and on the CrossFit main site message boards is where I met Vanessa, who's now my wife. And that's where I started talking to coach Jeff Tucker, who's the former SME of CrossFit gymnastics, uh, ended up traveling out to his box in Texas. I was in Florida at the time that was kind of a two for one, got to meet Vanessa, see Vanessa, pursue that relationship and, uh, started coaching at Tucker's box. So 2009 is where I moved into coaching fitness full time. Uh, did that for a few years, became the director of operations at GSX, started interning and assisting with the gymnastic course, um, bailed on fitness for a little while because I didn't feel like it was adulty enough because I didn't understand like the impact the coaches could have. So I, I moved into the finance industry, um, finished a degree in business finance, got a series seven, got a 66 and then figured out that like all the money in the world is completely worthless if you aren't healthy and that like fitness represents something very cool and very special because you can't buy it. You can't inherit it. You can't in like your investment is it's up to you. Like nobody can take care of it for you. And so found out that like fitness is really where my heart was and uh, moved back into that. Cause I think that's the best way to save and change lives. Um, 
started working more heavily with the gymnastic course in 2011. Uh, Vanessa and I opened a gym in Sarasota, Florida in 2014. Um, we've recently sold it, so owned a box for five years. I've worked as a, a head coach and director of operations at somebody else's box, um, coached on seminar staff from you've like... Done, you've done a thing. You've done uh, a thing or two. Yeah, so you've done a thing or two. You know, I've, I've been lucky... Well, I, you know, I think the thing that's important for me in it is because, like, dude, it's never about me. It's about, like, everybody else. I'm the least important person in my own story. But having coached part-time, having coached full-time, having run somebody else's box, having run my own box, having worked on seminar staff, like, I, I have a unique lens into most problems that have shown up for, like, fitness service providers and professionals. Like, I've, I've been on every level. So, like, that's what's cool is because I can, I can hopefully give people guidance and wisdom and advice that comes through like a truly empathetic lens where I'm not like pulling hypotheticals out of my ass, but I'm like, dude, I've, I've lived it. I've done it. I've been there. And I also know what it's like to, to not see the value of like how truly special and incredible coaching is. And that, Oh yeah. Like if you do it right, there is a legit income opportunity there. Like I've bailed on it. And I, I've been, you know, I think for a lot of struggling coaches and gym owners, like the grass looks greener on the other side. Like after a few years, it's like, if you're not getting the, the client results you want, and you're not having like the life changes that you want for yourself and your family out of fitness, it's really easy to like look at somebody back in the adult world and you're like, man, it might be real nice to work just nine to five. And it might be real nice to have like, you know, security turns out that's a myth, but like dude, changing, <laughs> changing people's lives and saving their lives. Like you can't, you can't quantify it. And so like at the end of the day, like if you really truly do improve somebody's life, like that's a, that's an impact and legacy piece that can't have dollars attached to it. Anyway, I'm, I'm rambling now, so no, it's that's good. a little bit of my background. That's kind of how I feel about coaching. If any of you guys like don't know me or haven't like followed me on Instagram, um, I'm, I'm passionate about this, man. We need to do better as an industry because it, it matters in a way that I'll start crying if I get deep into it, but I, I love it. I'm pulling tears out. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, you said two things that I found profoundly interesting. The first one is that you met your wife on the CrossFit message board. Oh, yeah, man. How, like, How does that happen? Um, she messaged me cause you know, but, but it wasn't the cross. Like there were no images. So she just saw like a, oh, no, no, no. so there was, so you're, so there's like the comments, like main site workout gets posted, post results to comments. Like that was just on like the actual main site itself of crossfit.com is like basically a blog comment section. There's like a, like an old school, like actual message board where there's like, here's the messages about nutrition. Here's the messages about workout of the day. Like it's right. like a, a true message board. And so we had, uh, we both had workout logs on there. Um, turns out like tracking things is important to us. And uh, so we started tracking our workouts and it was commenting on one another's workout logs where like the discussion and dialogue really kind of kicked off. Could you see what each other looked like? Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, it was through like, you could you can embed pictures or you could message pictures. God, I wasn't around in two thousand eight in CrossFit yet. Yeah, man. I mean, it was it, it's <laughs> as many times as CrossFit's kind of pivoted as like an organization, a community like that is several lifetimes ago. But it's it's been a very cool thing to be a part of. So fitness has always been a huge cornerstone of our relationship. I was just picturing you like meeting somebody through sentence structure. Like, wow, I like the way she puts her commas in there. I wonder. Oh, I wonder if she's cute. Those apostrophes got me going, bro. Did she just drop a semicolon? This bitch is smart. <laughs> so okay. she is smart. She's way smarter than me. So so let's move on to the other thing that I found to be interesting and profound, and that is that you you left fitness for finance, and then recognized yeah. that without fitness, finance is useless. 
And I think that Dude, that's, without, that's pretty much everything is useless, whether people want to admit it or not. Like it is, that, that's a real thing. It is. Uh, I, do you ever listen to the podcast, uh, masters of scale? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So awesome reference. So Reed Hoffman recently had a podcast on masters of scale and I, I'm forgetting the gentleman's name and it's going to bother me for the rest of the day. I'm going to go look it up as soon as this is over with the guy who gave the graduating class of Morehouse college, their entire student loans free. Okay, I saw a video of it, but I haven't listened to the podcast. So, I think it's Rob Rob Smith. I got to look it up. It doesn't matter. One of the things that he was discussing on that show was that every business has, you know, is a Trojan horse for a bigger thing, right? Yeah. So, our company is called Active Life. And all we do right now is help people get out of pain without going to the doctor or missing the gym, which is a big deal. I know it's not just like an all we do, it's what we do, though. And, we teach coaches, gym owners, how to do the same thing so that we can essentially replace ourselves as the place to go get that done. All of this, our Trojan horse is we want to teach people ownership so that they can live an active life. And a big part of that actually includes the financial part that you were discussing. Yeah, and- dude, I think there's huge, huge carryover and correlation. Those are two very, very delicately, like beautifully linked industries if people are open-minded and have the insight to see it as such for sure. And the, the interesting thing about fitness that we'll, we'll dive into in a moment is it's like the only field in which you're not allowed to talk about money. Everybody likes to complain about being broke. It's just fucking crazy. Yeah. Complain about having no money, but don't take action to get it because that makes you selfish. Yeah. Where, like, ultimately, like, that's not how it really works in, like, the true economy of, like, habits and behaviors. And especially when you look at, like, all the mental and emotional shit that's linked to, like, fitness and people's excuses. And, like, like you just said, like, not taking ownership. Dude, people that pay, pay attention. Yes. People that, like, invest, get invested. Yes. And it's, like, you, you are not actually doing what you need to as a service provider unless you're making it, like, some kind of transaction-based piece because that creates accountability on both sides. So and ultimately, dude, if you go out of fucking business, you can't help anybody with fitness. Right. But you're not going out of business if you're doing it as a hobby from the very beginning. And we'll, we'll, we'll unpack all this stuff coming right up. Yeah. 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 So you talk about, you know, hashtag coach like you mean it. And I love that hashtag. I think it's so cool. And, and, and I think it's cool because there's so many coaches out there who are just running the clock, you know, supervising the class, even in a one-on-one setting, when I see them at commercial gyms. I'm like, what are you doing on your phone? What are you doing drinking a cup of coffee? Why are you sitting down? This is not your time. This is not your fucking leisure time. Yeah. Like we, we, we teach a coach that if you're going to drink water, it should be out of a bottle that allows people to see that you're drinking water. It should be clear. Yeah. I don't want them to mistake that as a potential cup of coffee. And I'm not talking about your client. I'm talking about the person watching you train your client. Right. Right. So, yeah. so, the problem that I've seen in the industry that I know you're not contributing to, and I want you to help me unpack here, is a lot of coaches and gym owners, I think, believe that coach like you mean it is the ceiling. What I mean by that is... Um, and that's, that's your starting point. That's your driver's license. But, but you follow what I'm talking about. You know, it's it's yeah. the old adage of, if you do a great job, people will find you. And that's just not true. No, dude. And like I was, I fell victim to that for a huge period of time in my coaching career. And it was like, I thought that being great was accumulating more like tools and skills. 
but it's entirely about the implementation and it's entirely like communication, relationship skills, leadership pieces. If you don't have those, all of the technical knowledge, all of like the cues, progressions, scales, sets, reps, tempos, like none of them mean shit. Mm-hmm. Like you've just got an empty gym. You can be the smartest dude in your town, but if nobody knows about you and if you don't have a chance to like transact business and build like re- referrals and word of mouth and like develop relationships, you're totally doomed. Mm-hmm. Like, unfortunately the best practitioner in an isolated sense does not win like at all. And like you can only accumulate more knowledge on anatomy and exercise physiology, like to a point. And then like, as a coach, unless you're a doctor, you can't bridge that gap to where that expertise ends up being like a separating factor for you in your market. So like you hit a hard ceiling where like being a great coach is like understanding transitioning out of like just coaching information and implementation pieces. Bye baby. Um, and that it's like a very, very big picture thing. And I think like the carryover to CrossFit, like specifically as a methodology and some of their like education stuff is Glassman's old article on virtuosity. Dude, like being a great coach and trying to be virtuous in it is a never ending journey because you find out like the further down the rabbit hole you go, the more you realize that you suck and that you're missing incredible pieces of your skill set. And, and like, well, and one of the skills, one of the pieces that I think people are missing that is maybe more important than all of the other ones that they're missing, if they're already coaching like they mean it, is the ability to communicate and sell your value. Dude, so I, I am like so aligned with you on this. I saw the video that you put up that you're going to do a big sales training piece at uh, at your facility. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I, I have built out a curriculum for Coach Like You Mean It. My plan was to launch it as an online course, but like that was that was me making the classic entrepreneur mistake of making something for myself. And it's talking about like body language and facial expression and like internal versus external cues and timing of feedback and like blah, blah, blah if you can't sell, it doesn't matter. Like, and, and that's, that's both on like a very like tangible tactical level of like, if you can't actually sell a membership or a private training package, like it doesn't matter at all. But then realizing that coaching is sales period, because you're selling a service, you're selling a relationship, you're selling even a fix to an individual movement every single time. If I cue you, I'm selling you, but then hiring you, mattering and being the right answer for you. So, like, so you, I, you, I've had to like repurpose. You, yeah, you, go. You I, co- no, I'm with you. I'm with you, and I, I'm interrupting because your internet cut out momentarily when you were talking about exactly what we tell coaches all the time, which is if you're telling someone to change the way they do a movement, you are pick me up for selling. Now. Yes, everything is sales. Like, and I think that's important. So, like, well, explain how. Getting, Explain how, because okay, so, 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 so like, uh, just because somebody listening to this right now is like, no, 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 dude, like I tell someone that they're, they need to keep the bar closer to their body. That's not a sale. That's a coaching cue. It is an, right. it's absolutely a sale. Explain how. So, so I think there's a couple like layers and levels to it. Like if you want to talk like on the very tactical, actionable business sense, like this was something that really was game changing for me as a gym owner is evaluating every interaction that I had with a client. Like even if what we're talking about right now is the squat as reinforcing the sale based on their lifetime customer value. It's like, Hey man, I'm not, I'm not coaching your squat to coach your squat. Cause I want you to squat deeper. It's because every time I interact with you, every cue or fix or progression that I give you is reinforcing, you know, a two, three, four, $5,000 sale. So like that's something like financially for coaches to like, if, 
if you need no other reason to buy into coaching like you mean it and giving a shit besides like you'd like to buy your kids Christmas presents and be able to pay your bills on time, <laughs> dude, every interaction you have, like there is a true tangible, trackable, objective sales piece associated with it. But then outside of that, like all of these interactions being sales related, we've got a big disconnect because like sales has been perceived as being so dirty, especially in our industry, because fitness and exercise ties into so many like bullshit scam artists, bank oil salesmen. Hold on there. And they're missing that sales is just influence and persuasion. And that can be very ethical and noble and honorable. Yes. I want to dive into that before I do though. I want you to go back and you said to get outside of this box. Let's go back inside of that box. How is every coaching cue reinforcing a $2,000, sale? How is it that, that that is? Okay, good. Cool. I'm following you. So for those of you guys like on the fence, it either is or it isn't. It has the ability and the capacity to reinforce that sale if you're really a high-level service provider or if you're aiming to be a high-level service provider, then you realize that like that's where you are reinforcing somebody knowing you, loving you, trusting you, and seeing you. is like, dude, this is a guy that like really knows his shit. This is a guy that has really invested my success. This is a guy that like wants the best for me, and he's trying to deliver on solving my pain points, like literally and physically. Like you, you're selling that endlessly or you're just facilitating exercise. Like you look at, dude, there's a ton of great like yogis out there. There's a ton of great like spin cycle facilitators. But as far as I know, not a whole lot of them are going around like case by case, interaction by interaction, getting like literal physical touch points in and like shaping and transforming people's lives one rep or one movement at a time. Like you're just trying to get a bunch of people doing one thing kind of cohesively and that's neat and that fits a fucking place. But like, that's not the coaching that I know and love. And like, I am not physically capable as a human of starting a clock and just clapping. Cause like I'm missing everything that fills my cup. And I'm also not taking a chance to like be that Trojan horse that ends up through the vehicle of fitness, fixing somebody's marriage, fixing somebody's fucking parental relationships, fixing somebody's career. Cause like fitness is this thing that uniquely teaches us every life lesson that we should have learned on our own a long damn time ago, but we didn't, or we couldn't. Fitness forces you to take ownership and deal with your bullshit, and it forces you to build grit and perseverance and determination, and it forces you to understand the power of habits and consistency. And, like, if I'm not a service provider that's really fucking sold on trying to get people to buy into that, like, big picture and how it's going to change their lives, well, then you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm not selling, and then I shouldn't be there. And, like, there's a lot of people that need to, like, shit or get off the pot. Like, double down or fold, man, because you're dealing with people's fucking time, their money, and their health. And those are arguably three of the most important things outside of like family relationships and family relationships are impacted by people's time and money and health. And if you don't respect that, dude, please, please get out for, for your own sake, for the sake of the clients, for the sake of like us as an industry and public perception, we can't afford to keep moving forward with like, not even maliciously, but like bad actors, dude, if you, if you don't care and you don't see the value and importance of this as coaches in this industry, please make space for the good people in your communities and industries that like, that are looking for more money, that are looking for more client loads. Cause like in any town, there are coaches that give a lot of shit and there's the coaches that don't give enough shit. And like the people that don't give enough shit, like just cool, get out. That's okay. Like no harm, no foul because you're the best exerciser at your gym. Somebody thought it'd be a good idea to make you a coach. Dude, you know what? You guys are both wrong. And you figured it out over a period of a year or two. And like, you're not stoked on it. The clients don't get what they need. Like it's okay to reassess and evaluate. Anyway, that's a tangent. Sorry. No, it was a good tangent. And it's, it's something that I've made the mistake of doing myself. I've hired coaches in my gyms who were just, they were good athletes. They looked good. They could socialize. 
And I didn't want to coach every class. So it's like, Dude, hey. I've been there. I've done that. And it, it was so short-sighted. And it totally fucking bit us in the ass in like a major way. 100%. I can tell you beyond any shadow of a doubt, the number one reason I no longer own a gym is because I didn't want to coach all of the classes. And I brought people in to do it who happened to be good at what they do. They just were driving the gym in a very different direction than the direction I wanted to drive it in. And I didn't want to do the work necessary to take it back over and be the face. Yeah. And I think like that's something. So like there's like layers to the process of like gym ownership. So like everybody's focused strictly on like coaching and a technical aspect. And then eventually they realize like, oh shit, I actually have to understand business because now I'm a business owner and an entrepreneur. And then they understand that like the later layer of this, dude, it's, it's culture and community and leadership. Well, and let, that's where most of our failings are. You said two words that most gym owners and most coaches never use. They're culture and leadership. Everybody says community and they think that that's what drives the boat. My belief is that culture drives community. And, Agreed. And that Dude, leadership like, defines the culture. Leadership defines the culture and the culture creates the community. Right. And it's like, you know, everybody throws around like community, community, community. I'm like, well, what does that fucking mean? And they're like, I don't know. We got a bunch of people that exercise together and some people know each other's name. Right. We, like, we drink beers after workouts. Cool. Right. Cool. <laughs> yeah, we get we get totally hammered at gym socials and have extramarital affairs. <laughs> well, Neato, guys. The interesting thing about that whole part of the culture to me is the unabashed, you know, I don't know, the, the unabashed criticism of a planet fitness for serving donuts or pizza and then being like, yeah, we're going to drink and barbecue after class. It's the same thing. It's just that it's you coach the them thing. during class. And, and I'm not suggesting that your gym, if you do that is as you know, useless as a planet. No, fitness those for things the have their place, but like we made that mistake too. And like we, so for my wife and I, like, you know, fitness is our, our life. Like it's, it's a piece of our lifestyle. It's who we are. But for a lot of people in your general population, like you're trying to get them through your culture and community and coaching leadership, to cross that bridge. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get them to not just like, oh, fitness isn't this thing you do three to five hours a week when you come here and then like the other 23 hours of your day are just kind of like, send it, YOLO. <laughs> like you're trying to get them to understand like, dude, broccoli and water are always going to be an important thing. Like sleeping is always going to be important. Looking at like cumulative systemic stress is an important thing. Like, so where I'm going with all this is we had clients that we were struggling with effectively getting them to change their own nutrition prescriptions and like unfuck a lot of food relationships that they have. And we had to build the self-awareness to go like, Hey, when we're at a gym social or when we all go out together, they see us eat like fucking human trash cans and like knock back a handful of beers without them realizing that like, that's the one time that we might do that all week long. They're like, Oh, well they do it. And they're the leaders. And so like monkey see monkey do cool. That's a cool thing for me to do. And it's like, we missed a huge conversation opportunity, but ultimately like, dude, you in anything, you've got to lead from the front. And so like by not embodying our message and not like being able to showcase on a regular basis that like, these are the pieces of the culture, like that we buy into, we fucking set people up for failure. And like, that was our bad. And we didn't realize that soon enough. And I think a lot of coaches and gym owners mess that up because their clients don't realize that like the, the behaviors that those coaches and owners engage in, in like those, minor gym social activities like that is that is five percent or less of their overall like big picture of lifestyle Mm -hmm. and they just they show up and they see they're like well all the coaches are fucking crushing pizza and smashing beers so cool man you can have abs and get wasted i like this i'm totally in (laughs) so 
why is there such a stigma then for coaches, right? Because the biggest thing that we hear in this industry from, from my, from my side of the table is dude, I didn't get like, you talk about money too much. I'm not in this for the money. I'm like, no, 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 no. You misunderstand the value of money and the value of being able to discuss it and the, the ability to be in this because you love it. And also make it so important that it is the only thing you're willing to do for money as opposed to you do it for the money. You follow the difference there? Because to me, it's it's not like, hey, I need to get a personal training client because I need to get paid. It's I need to get a personal training client because they're not getting fixed in class. Class isn't fucking working for this client. So I need to pick them up and service them in a way that class can't. And I can't do that for them without charging them. So I'm going to charge them. And by the way, if I run a gym and it costs 125 bucks a month and we can't afford to buy a floor scrubber, so every so we're mopping after class and you know sweeping and people are just doing burpees in other people's sweat and spit and dog hair well then you making more money is not a selfish thing it is better for your members cuz then you can go out and buy the scrubber that makes your gym better yeah why is it such a problem chuck for people in fitness to understand that money and altruism are not opposites I think it's somewhat like what I referenced earlier that there's such a bad history of like the financial transaction side of the fitness space because so many people are selling empty promises and just like fucking bullshit that we've attached ourselves like to that, not realizing that like there's the opportunity to excel as the next level that like, dude, you're not just providing an opportunity for people to exercise. Like, dude, if you want to, you can be an extremely high level service provider And I would challenge you to find anybody that like has the ability to positively impact a life more than a coach does. So if we look at like, like, what do you fucking pay for health insurance? Like, you know, like that is a huge financial transaction for most people every month. And it's like, well, why wouldn't like preserving your health and being on the front end of that and doing some preventative maintenance be something that you could attach a higher price point to? And oh, by the way, you also get community you get a ton of accountability and like you get to do more memorable meaningful shit with like every other minute and hour of your day well i think that's i think the analogy that you just made very well demonstrates the power of fear as it compares to the power of ambition because nobody hesitates to spend their 1500 bucks a month on health insurance for their family or their 2000 bucks a month or whatever you're spending but if i turned around and said look you're all healthy right now Spend 2000 bucks on staying that way. But $2,000? What are you fucking crazy, man? What are you crazy? Yeah. $2,000 a month? I'm like, no, I'm not crazy. It's, it's, it's actually fairly reasonable. You're, spend, you're oh, spending yeah. $2,000 a like, month because hopefully nothing bad happens. Right. Why not spend $2,000 so a like, month? If to set you that are off? not pursuing fitness, it is inevitable. Yes. Like, you know, your health insurance is to deal with like acute shitty situations that crop up because life is fucking life and bad shit happens to all of us. Try as we might. But like, if you are not investing in your fitness, like mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, like bad shit will happen. I promise you that beyond a shadow of a doubt, like you will run into a point where your lack of fitness negatively impacts your life in a major way. You guys specifically as active life sit in a really unique place that like you get to approach that from the resolution of pain side and people that are in pain, all of a sudden they're like, Oh shit, I would be definitely willing to transact some dollars to not feel this way. And to be able to do crazy shit, like 
reach in the back seat while I'm driving or like take a fucking shirt off after I work out. I would pay a lot of money to be able to do those things pain free. But like being on the front end of that, like, man, I can tell you that driving a Ferrari is fucking awesome. But if you've never driven a Ferrari, like you don't know how good that is. And no amount of me telling you that it's really fucking cool will ever matter. And like, I'm a former fat kid. I was not fit growing up. I did not play any sports growing up. So I've been on both sides of it. And I'm like, dude, being able to pop your shirt off at a pool party, that's a cool thing. Being able to feel good, being able to look good, being able to have awesome sex, like those things are worth a lot of dollars. And, and if I had to be like you're saying on the fear side of it, what you would have to pay me monthly to give up fitness at this point, I don't know very many people that have that much money. And I mean, we're talking like, dude, if, like, look at you. Like, if somebody asked you, like, hey, what, what is it going to cost financially for you to just eat like shit and not exercise and take care of yourself anymore? There, there, like, there isn't a number. And I'll tell you why there isn't a number. Because, because that's, that is the fast track to death. And I'm confident that I can make that money. So I don't need somebody yeah. else to come and give me money so that I can have right. an easy way out of the pleasurable, difficult life that I live because I, I just don't want to – like it allows you to check – I forget who it was who I heard talking about this, but someone was asking him like, what's it like to be a mega millionaire, right? And he was like, it just means that the box that represents my problems as it relates to money – is checked. I still have all the other problems that you do. Right. And, and some of them are larger, right? Like for him, I, I, man, it's been annoying me. I don't remember what this was, but this person was like, I employ thousands of people. So when you go to bed at night, worrying about your money, I, I <laughs> right. get it. Like that, that's a stress and I'm not minimizing it. Say like I go to bed at night, worrying about a few thousand people's money, because if I make a misstep in my business, I have a few thousand people who may not be able to eat dinner that month. That's, yeah. that's stressful. Well, I'm like, I think like carrying it back to like a lot of our conversation on coaching, I'm like, how do shitty coaches sleep at night? Right. Like when you look at like, dude, you, you suck as a coach and you're, you are injuring people in a population and like you are missing the ability to do good things and positively change people's lives. Like, how do you how do you get away with that? Like to where you aren't fucking haunted by that? Because like when it goes wrong, and if you suck as a coach and you don't care, like it will go wrong. Even if you're a great coach, things go wrong. And like having somebody in your care that gets injured, dude, like that is that is not excusable if it is a preventable injury. Like if it's something that just shows up because of like laziness or complacency well, I, I, or like failure of ownership, dude, fuck you. Well, like you potentially, <laughs> you you potentially like, dude, you you potentially detriment somebody's life negatively for the rest of their days on this planet. Here's the problem with that. I'm with you. The problem is if I took an auditorium full of a hundred CrossFit coaches or CrossFit gym owners, and I said to the auditorium, "How many of you believe that people get hurt in CrossFit gyms?" and they knew it would never get out. The, like their hand going up would stay in this room. Nobody would ever know what they said. A hundred would go up. Say, yeah. Okay, great. Put your hands down. Oh, light, but, but, but wait, but put your hands down. How many of you believe people get hurt in your CrossFit gym? You're not going to have close to a hundred hands up. Yours is up because right. you don't hinge your ego and your value on the false reality that no one gets hurt in your gym. Other right. People, and I think like, 
Other people do. Yeah, go for it. Other people yeah. do. And the stigma that people get hurt in CrossFit comes from people getting hurt in CrossFit. It doesn't mean people don't also get hurt at F45, Orange Theory, the gym down the block. It just means people also get hurt here. Adult exercisers will get fucking injured. Yes. Yes. Anywhere and everywhere. Yes. And like, you know, you can you can have higher or lower rates of incidents. You can have higher or lower degrees of severity. But like the shit's going to exist. So the sooner everybody is like honest about that, man, fuck it. It's a big honesty game. That's what's missing. I mean, like that's the same reason a bunch of people can't fucking sell. Well, that's only a part like, of what's missing. It's, it's, it's a part yeah. of the, the other part. Well, I guess it falls back to honesty because I always talk to people. If, if there was a, and I'm interested in your opinion on this too, actually, if you were the gym who helped people lose weight better than anybody else, that would mean that you had a process in place that everybody who comes to your gym goes through to learn how to lose weight. Maybe you're having monthly meetings. Maybe every, every client gets a therapist. Every client also gets a nutrition yeah. coach and they're not the same person. You know, all of these things happen as a part of your process. That's what makes you great at that. What that means is when someone comes to your gym and says, hey, can you get me, you know, extremely fit? Your answer should be yes, but there's a gym down the road that specializes in getting people extremely fit. And if we all Dude, did that. Not everybody is a good fit for your culture, your community, your coaching. We had like we got to exist as a very unique relationship in our community, like relative to the global scale of CrossFit that like we had no beef or issues with anybody in town because I was quick to refer out a client like in an assessment, in an initial like one on one for either goal setting or just population screening. Because, dude, not everybody needs to be at your gym, mm-hmm. you know, but how often do you get I referrals get- back? How often do you get referrals back? <laughs> right. he, you can't see it. He's putting up a zero. And, and the problem with that is that if everyone knew what they were really great at, we could all charge much more because we could, we could really deeply deliver solutions for people as opposed to just being like, yeah, we, we, we do fitness here. And if so- Right. And so like, you know, it comes back to like, what is your intent? Like for me, the intent is to save and change lives with fitness. And if the kind of fitness that somebody's looking at is them like exercising hard as fuck and they really want to be a competitor and like, that's what motivates them and that's where they get like deep personal fulfillment cool dude i want you to go find that somewhere else because at the end of the day like you're engaging in fitness in a way that gives back to you and helps you meet your goals that doesn't have to be with me in Mm -hmm. fact it shouldn't be with me because that shit doesn't light my soul on fire Mm -hmm. but if you're a 45 year old mother of two who hasn't exercised her entire life dude i desperately want to show you how cool it feels to be healthy and fit yeah and, and and that means that you have to go at a slower pace than the gym down the block and that means that the person who wants to go at a really fast pace would not enjoy your gym. And that, right. that means they shouldn't be there. Right. And so like that, that's something that makes the selling process easier for like, you know, coaches and owners is like, dude, if you're selling the right people on the right service, it's very fucking simple. It's like, is this a thing that you want to do because we're really good at it? Mm-hmm. Okay. No cool, then I don't need to deal with, like, objections. I don't need to worry about my lead magnet. We don't need to tweak my funnel. You know, we just talk about, like, (laughs) hey, if I'm being honest, here's the shit that I'm great at, and here's who I love working with. If you check both of those boxes, we should fucking vibe and kick it and do some things together. Mm -hmm. But if you don't like that, then this isn't good for either of us, and that's okay. Yeah, You do not need everybody in your box, dude. And, like, the, the more you just... It kills me that there's so many shithead idiot gym business gurus in the marketplace right now where they're like talking about, you know, what's your fucking cost per lead? Like, what's your churn? And I'm like, 
do you have an established like culture and community that you want to create? Do you like, you talk about your ideal client. Was it just that you pulled like your top 10 revenue generators and Wattify and said like, how do we clone these people? Like it's a whole <laughs> lot fucking deeper than that. And you know, like if you're talking to me about like what your, what your fucking, you know, funnel is like in your sales process, but you don't have an onboarding process for your clients, dude, you don't need more leads. You need a better system and process to make sure that you're doing the right thing for the right people for the right reasons before you pour any more gas on that fucking fire. Because right now, all you're going to do is create a nightmare. If you can't fucking manage a gym that's only doing like 6000 a month in revenue, that's like barely hanging together, like don't just exponentially increase all of your problems before you figure out the basic shit. Even if you have a gym that's doing twenty dollars or $25,000 a month that you don't know exactly, like if you don't know in all likelihood where your next client is going to come from, then you don't understand your business. You don't understand what people like about you. You don't understand what people don't like about you. You don't understand why your members are referring or not referring. You don't understand where you should put your time, effort, and energy. You don't understand those things. Right now, there's one question that you should be able to answer. That is, where is my next client most likely to come from? And if you say, from another one of my members, great. How do you know that? Well, most of our clients come based on referral. Cool. What percent? Uh, I, I, I mean, What's the system and process? Yes, is it like, exactly. How do you, you, how do you, you generate roll that? some dice and like maybe this month you get five referrals and maybe like nobody brings a friend or a family member in for six months after that? Right, yes. That's not a so, system or a process. That's like, I don't know, broken. It, it tells me that, go for it. No, I was, I was just waiting for you to finish. Oh, so like the thing that really kills me, like while we're talking about like understanding, you know, your business, like both literally and figuratively, that there's so many like shithead idiot gym gurus right now that are just pushing for like these arbitrary revenue numbers. And it's like, dude, you want to have a million dollar a year gym? It's like, fuck no, dude. You have no idea what that would entail. Like you're if you're not happy right now and if you're not stoked as a service provider and if you don't love like the entrepreneurial journey you do not want a million dollar gym and all of the other issues that come with it. If you don't have systems and processes now, you are not magically going to figure them out when you've got a thousand more moving parts. And, you know, also lifestyle matters. Your freedom matters. Profit matters more than revenue. Mm -hmm. And like, why are we not having fucking honest conversations about that? Dude, like, I don't know that it sucks that the egos are so big in this industry on all levels. Like you go in the affiliate owners group on Facebook, every swinging dick in there is like, I got 200 clients. I'm like, no, you don't. Dude, I've been to fucking more gyms than most people will ever walk through in their life. Everybody's got 200 clients. And I'm like, do you? Do you really? Because it's really interesting that everybody has the exact same round, even fucking happy number. You can't tell me what your churn is. You can't tell me like what your new client onboarding process is. Like you don't know anything else, but you know you got 200 of them. Well, it's the old iceberg thing. You know, what, what you're describing is most of the gym consulting companies out there, even the ones who I think have the best intentions. And I think, honestly, frankly, I think they all have decent intentions. They all have good intentions because at the end of the day, they all want to help gym owners like make more money and stay in business. Right. But the question is, do they want to do that because they see a hole in the market that needs to be filled or because they want to fill the hole in their wallet? Those, those things aside, um, I haven't seen one. And this is why we got into the fray. 
but we haven't seen one that does anything above or below, excuse me, tactics. And what I mean by that is the iceberg that I'm describing is the top of the iceberg. Everything that you can see is tactics. How are you going to get your next client? What are they going to pay? What's your revenue going to be? What's your profit going to be? Uh, how many clients do you need to hit X amount of dollars? How many classes? Bullshit, 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 bullshit. Dude, I, I, would, I would fucking kiss you on the lips right now if we were together. But th- I appreciate that. Right? I, haven't, I haven't been kissed by a dude in a long time. The, what, what, <laughs> what, I'm, what I mean by that is, do you need to know those things? Yes, you can't throw those things away. But this goes back to the floor is coaching like you mean it. The floor is knowing those numbers. The other thing is, why do you coach? Who do you want to help? Why do you want to help that person? What makes you fit to do it? What process are you going to use to achieve it? Why is it important to you? Those are the questions that matter because if it burns you every day that you need to help more people like the person who you're already helping, then you're going to be full of people. You're going to find the way to figure out the tactic to get the people. Yes. At that point, you can go work with the companies who are going to teach you tactics because you have purpose. Yeah, dude, I totally agree. Like, if you care enough and you genuinely want to help people, you, on a rough level, will figure out all the shit on your own because you can't not. Mm-hmm. Like, it drives you fucking nuts. Like, and you know, I think a lot of us open gyms incorrectly, in a lot of ways, incorrectly. Like, we don't know what we're getting into. We're like, I fucking love fitness. Everybody should love fitness. Mm-hmm. I'm going to open a gym. And 43 members and then, like, break even. Right, like, fuck. It's a whole <laughs> other separate story, but like, there's so much to it and it, it kills me. So like there was a, there was a gym that I'm doing some like coaching development work with them. And like at the time that we started interacting, like they were working with one of the, the big name, like coaching gym business guidance, fucking whatever, whatever, whatever. And like, we're talking about their system and process for getting new clients in. And it's just like strictly like you're saying on the tactic side, it's like, here's where, you know, here's how my ads get set up. Here's the landing page. Here's my lead nurture. And I'm like, yeah, but what happens when they come to your gym? Well, they go to class. And my fucking brain just well, what, exploded. What should, happen? Like, what should happen? Help our audience. What should happen? There needs to be one-on-one interaction. Before you even move into like providing a service, you need to fucking screen that like this is a good fit for both parties. Like, Is this somebody that belongs in your culture and community? Is this somebody that has like the problems that you like to fix and want to fix? And can you fix the problems? So we established that yes, they are. Now, how do I make sure that that person sends somebody else? So like moving into a referral relationship or just getting a follow-up to a second session to actually start providing a service? No, you're providing the service. You've done a great job. How do you make sure that person's sending people in? How did you do it? You you start by having a real relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And like you don't sit to like, a lot of people are like, well, what should I set up as a referral program? Like, how do I incentivize it? Like, what do I, you know, what do I give people as a kickback on a referral? I'm like, well, hold on. Like, do you deserve that referral? Like, do you deserve it in two ways? Like, are you actually, are you creating results where you're solving problems and helping people move towards their goals where they're like, dude, my life is better because I got fitness. I can't not give you a referral. Or like, are you deeply invested enough on the relationship side that you're like, hey, your cousin that just moved back in town from college that put on like 20 pounds. And I know this because we've got a robust relationship and I'm not trying to run a fucking bullshit competitors program. And I got enough time to actually talk to you and build a relationship. Like, I know what's going on with your friends and family and the people that you care about in your life. And so, like, you've got this other person that you care about that has this other problem that you are willing to bring up to me by us just discussing things and deepening this relationship. Hey, shit, you know how I helped you solve that problem? You think maybe I could help them, too? Cool. Can we just grab coffee? 
Like, can we have something that's fairly informal so that we can have an honest, transparent conversation on both ends of like, hey, dude, like what hurts in your life that I could make better? Mm-hmm. And it's not me fucking like, I don't know. I You don't have to collect money up front all the time. Like, dude, sometimes like you just need to make sure that it's, it's good to even move to that next step. Like you need to be willing, put your money where your mouth is. Like if you're good as a service provider, like be okay opening up a little bit of your time. Now that means that like somewhere else you're generating enough revenue that's profitable that you can afford to give up some time on the front end to screen better relationships and to like, to evaluate like, Hey, you know what? As desperately as I need this business right now, I'm going to go ahead and refer you to the gym down the street Mm because you want to be Johnny exercise. And that's not what we do here. That's not what we're about. what, What I think you're describing is that if you have a good enough relationship, people are going to tell you their problems and the problems of people around them. And if you have that relationship, it isn't weird for you to tell them, I want to help that person. Send Dude, them my you way. should fucking ask and, all the time. But, but in fact, it would be weird if you didn't, if you had right. that relationship. Because all you want to do is fucking save and change lives with fitness. You can't not ask to have that opportunity to help somebody else with the shit that you're really good at. Man, you know, the, the, the difficult part of a podcast like this with a person like you is that what we're trying to get across is literally that if you care deeply enough about the reason that you're doing it, you will, you will be drawn to have to do it for more people. And the way to do that will reveal itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can't fucking not because like, dude, if I didn't find fitness, if I didn't like really find fitness and understand buying in that, like in, in a, in a big sense, like culture, community, all that, like, you can't do this alone. None of us can. Like, you need somebody else in your corner. Like, understanding fitness is more than working out. It's being, like, healthy. Like, if I hadn't found fitness, I wouldn't have traveled the fucking globe coaching. I wouldn't have got to move into being an entrepreneur. I wouldn't have made it out of, like, big issues with, like, substance abuse and behavioral shit. I wouldn't have my wife. I wouldn't have my son. Like, dude, fitness is the fucking silver bullet that killed the fucking demon that was holding me back from living literally fucking hashtag my best life and so like if i understand how incredible fitness is how can i not want to share that with everybody that'll give me an audience well so you're doing that now with gym gypsy is that right yeah i mean it's it's a piece of the puzzle but yeah so gym gypsy the only reason it's a piece of the puzzle instead of the puzzle itself is because it's new yeah i mean it's, it's newer it's been a side hustle piece for us if anybody out there is listening and they're not familiar with it it's uh it's a seasonal workout log that is actually like a written workout log because it turns out you don't need anything else digital in your life and you don't need another fucking app to scroll past on your phone. But like there is some power in tangibly writing things down. And so like I think a lot of people, they even within our own community, and we talk openly about it, people misuse it as like just tracking food and workouts. And yes, those things are important, but this was born out of like a passion project for my wife and I that after years and years in the fitness industry and owning a gym, even the people that track food and workouts, like you, you got a lot of people that look good naked that can fling big weights around fast, but they're broken and miserable, like in, in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. like mentally, emotionally, physically. And so the big thing that was like the initial change with this was having a health inventory that was tracked in there. So it's not just tracking your food and your workouts, it's tracking your sleep, your stress, your mood, your motivation, your fatigue, your soreness, like are you actually like healthy or are you just playing exercise? Because right. those are different things. Yeah. And then it's moved into like a bigger focus on important tasks and goals for the day, um, setting up an intention of the day, doing a daily reflection, having daily food, 
uh, firmly tuned will change your life in the most profound way possible. What will? Like if you look for things to be grateful for, you will mm-hmm. find them and you'll realize that like your life is really good. Really good. The fact that like anybody out there is listening to this on a fucking smartphone, dude, you've got a good life. You've got a lot to be happy for. Like your problems are blessings because like there's a lot of people like, fuck, maybe you're deaf. Maybe you don't get to listen to the sweet ass podcast. Oh, maybe you're like legit actually poverty stricken and like you will never own an iPhone. Dude, like, I don't know. Gratitude's an amazing thing. So that's, that's been big for us. So getting people to focus on goals, intention, gratitude, and then their actual health and not just exercise things. I love that. I made a post the other day that was, you could squat 500 pounds and still be weaker than a puff pastry. because the Yeah, the, I commented on that. You did. You did. Yeah, dude. So, uh, like, relative to a lot of what you guys do um, as active life, I've got from, from Adventure Time in the military, herniated L4, L5, L5, S1. Um, Sign them up. It's good. Light them up. But, like, by understanding, like, the shit that you guys do and by having, like, good resources, like, with those pre-existing conditions like i have moved to squat 400 pounds i've moved to deadlift 500 pounds i've clean and jerk 300 pounds like whatever there there's a way that you can have your cake and eat it too but like you cannot just fucking chase numbers on a leaderboard that is the surest path to being fucking broken and burned out and miserable like you have to understand the big picture of it you have to understand that like this is a lifetime journey and you have to understand that like if you do everything right those big numbers they come as a byproduct and that's that's cool but by the time you get there mentally and emotionally, you realize that like that shit never matters anyway. And the only reason you're chasing big numbers is because you're fucking insecure and you're looking for external validation. And that's a whole separate conversation. Well, we can have that one. Chuck, where, where, yeah. where, where can people find you if they want to get more after this show? Um, dude, I hang out on Instagram predominantly. So just at Chuck Bennington. Um, I coach for the gymnastic course on the regular. So at the gymnastic course, uh, previously CrossFit Gymnastics. Um, understanding that how you move your body dictates whether or not you're actually going to be like healthy and fit. So, mm-hmm. um, at the gymnastic course at Chuck Bennington and at gym.gypsy is kind of like, those are the three places that I, I lurks on the internet. Perfect. All on sure, Instagram. I'll make sure we link them all up and we should have another conversation. I got much more I want to talk to you about. Dude, I, I would love to deep dive on any and all of it. And I'm going to, I'm going to set up to fly out there and like hang out with you and, and shoot the shit. Let's and, do it. Honestly, like, just figure out how we can fix this industry because, dude, like, the, the world desperately needs it in the most profound of ways that is far further reaching than even just, like, fitness is important to live a good life. Like, Amen. fitness is potentially the thing that problem solves everything in the modern world. If you I believe can, that. It's, it's, I think any one thing can solve everything in the modern world because it takes the same things to be great at any one thing that it takes to be great at any other thing. So it's, 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 it's being able to do, to find that greatness in one thing and extrapolate how you got it into others. I think that that's all that it takes to be great at everything. Yeah. Dude, like fitness. And, and, and so with that, we are totally aligned. I feel like fitness is the best life lesson teacher for all of those qualities that build stellar humans. Again, it's a long conversation. <laughs> oh, dude. Well, thank you so much for having me, man. I, I really, really super appreciate it. I, I had a blast. I cannot believe that an hour's already gone by. I know, man. Thank you, Chuck. Cool, man. Thank you so much. All right. That's going to be a wrap for this episode of the Active Life Podcast. And, guys, remember, remember, if you are looking to enhance your fitness business, if you're sitting there thinking, man, I would love to be able to go on vacations. I would love to be able to 
take two weeks off and not have my business fall apart. And most importantly, most importantly, if you want to be a part of the movement that we are creating, facilitating, and seeing come to life, which is coaches and gyms becoming the healthcare clinic of the future, helping people who've gotten hurt working out, helping people who've been told they have to work out around that, having people be told they're too old to do that, find new hobbies. If hearing things like that for your clients is frustrating for you and you want to learn the skills to solve those problems and also get paid very well to do it, head to activelifeprofessional.com and let's get talking. Till then, turn pro.